Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we're back. We are back, Will, and we are back in a good way today, in a fun way today. Yep, I, I hear that you have a special guest with us today. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, but we're going to let you do your thing first because we always like to start our podcast with your wisdom. <laughs> that I don't you know about impart, that, but yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, yeah, we have a, a music tip for you all today, and it's basically, it's real simple. Um, and, it, and it harkens back to what we talked about on some of the other podcasts, but it's basically to build content around your music. So, yes, your music is the important thing and we you want to focus on that. But in order to engage people and engage uh, fans and, and listeners, uh, people like to know more about you. They like to know uh, some other details or some things that, that you're interested in. So uh, build some content, even if it's just like uh, you talking about your music creation process or some things that inspire you, artists that influence you, um, you know, things that that you studied. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just just build some some basic content around what you're doing and uh, you can share it on uh, on Facebook. But it actually kind of helps to have like a YouTube channel. So uh, I, I would probably say spend some time building up a YouTube channel um, with, with that content and that'll help even um, get some engagement with your music. That's it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That, that's really important. I think that we get so caught up now in, you know, they have these, you know, on social media, Facebook and Instagram, you know, your story, where right. it's like kind of following, you can kind of say how your day is going. And I think people are using that as their quote unquote content buildup to kind of show yeah. who they are and what they're doing, which I think does work with a certain demographic, you know, so depending on who your audience is and so forth. But I know like for me, the people who follow my music, you know, which is, I would say the more mature crowd, they're mm -hmm. not necessarily looking at my story. You know what I mean? So I right. have to, so, you know, you got to also think about who's your audience and how you're building that content. And yeah, a YouTube channel is wonderful because, you know, I, I've been really trying to promote my YouTube channel a little bit more. I kind of usually do that actually. Um, as a throwback Thursday, where I'll show an old right. video of something of that stuff. I've yeah. done in the past. Yeah. And that'll get people kind of to tune in and follow. So good tip. Perfect. Good tip. Well, I'll just move the floor over to you now. <laughs> oh, the mic is in my hand. Yay. Well, I am excited to um, introduce our guest today. And, and what's so awesome is that this guest is here all the way from the UK. So this is our first, I think, international guest. So that in itself is really exciting. Um, yep. And I'm not, I'm one that I like for our guests to tell their own story. So I'm not going to give a whole bunch of information, but I'd like to welcome Ralph, Ralph T from Expansion Records. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Kenya. How are you doing? 
I'm good. And I'm excited because this is, you know, we, we work together, Ralph, but I've never really sat down and like asked you a bunch of questions about yourself. <laughs> uh, uh oh. <laughs> I'm ready, I think. I hope. You're ready. You're ready. Oh, you're ready. You're definitely ready. Well, like I said, I really like for um, our listeners to hear from our guests their story um, and kind of who they are, you know, what they do, why they do what they do. And then obviously we'll kind of ask some things that relate to the music business. So I just wanted to kind of start off, if you could just tell, you know, the listeners just who you are and, and what is Expansion Records? What, what's that about? Uh, well, Expansion Records is an independent soul music label. Uh, it's now been in business for 32 years, Kenny. We've been here a long time. Oh, my god! It started in, wow. the, in the 80s. It's in the 80s. You managed to keep it going um, all, all these years. It was not the first job I had. I mean, I, I start out from a position that I just love American black music. And, mm. um, you know, when I was at school, my early growing up days, I was buying the records and from the age of 15, I was a DJ at school playing the music. I just fell in love with it. I loved it so much. Um, so mm. I start from a position of loving the music, and that goes right back to the 70s, actually pre-Saturday Night Fever, so a long, long time. <laughs> and um, from from there, I mean, my love of music took me into you know, the, the working side of what I do. Um, I always wanted to work for a record label. Um, it wasn't what I did first. I started out as a DJ. From there, I went into journalism. Um, I worked for a couple of really successful um, magazines. One's called Blues and Soul. Again, they're still going. Um, mm. And there was another magazine which was called Mix Mag that was at a time in the 80s where, you know, R&B or soul music had another strain to it, i.e. dance music. So Mix Mag was a dance music magazine. And I was mm. at, at the editor of that for a number of years. Um but, you know, all the time it was about trying to get into a, a record label, work for a big record label. And actually, journalism was very handy. It helped me a lot um, in, in, in my path to do that. Because at first, while I was writing about all the artists signed to these big labels, all these big labels wanted to get to know me because they wanted me <laughs> to write nice things about exactly. all their artists. So it, was, <laughs> it was a great stepping stone for me. Um, and then by the time it came to jumping ship, shall we say, into the industry, the record industry, people knew who I was, and that opened opened lots of doors for me. Um, ideally, I would have loved to work for my all time favorite record label, which is Philadelphia International, out of um, you know Philadelphia, because uh, mm -hmm. that that's my first love with soul music. It wasn't actually so much sixties Motown, Atlantic stacks. It was more, you know, from what happened in nineteen seventy two onwards when the OJ's landed with Backstabbers right. and the whole Philly sound mm -hmm. with all that. You know, those mm -hmm. big productions, that's what originally originally hooked me. Um, and by the time I was ready to work um, in the music industry, I had my first opportunity, they had kind of closed up shop. But the closest thing to it, believe it or not, was, was Arista Records, um, mm. which again was Clive Davis, because Clive Davis had originally brought in Gamble and Huff to Columbia Records in the early days, and now he had his own label, Arista Records. And I was very, very fortunate in the in the mid 80s to to work there and i worked with a lot of great r&b artists i mean from aretha franklin whitney houston patrice wow. russian phyllis hyman um you know I, I did that for a couple of years um mm. but ultimately i think you know working the big label at that time it had loads of advantages i mean they certainly had resources um mm -hmm. 
But I found was looking for a big label frustrating in terms that you didn't really have, or I didn't have the control I wanted to have in order to push certain projects through because you're working with all these different departments in a, in, in a right. big label. So I took one further step and, um, and I didn't start it myself. It was with two other people. We started Expansion in 1986 mm. and have remained fiercely independent ever since then <laughs> doing, doing, doing what we love. Wow. That's awesome. So, so tell me this. That's, yeah, that's, that is really awesome. And it's very interesting how you, how you spoke about how journalism, you know, was really a great stepping stone. And I think that, you know, people have to think about that, how there's these, these skills that we have and these relationships that we build. We talk about that a lot here on our podcast about, you know, it's about relationship building and those, you know, that can really kind of open the doors to a lot of these things that we're kind of thinking and dreaming about. So um, that was, that was great to hear that that's what happened with you. I have a question when you were with um, Arista, what was your role within there? And, you know, yeah, because you you were saying it was frustrating, but I want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, Well, at the time, I mean, they had some really big R&B acts, but Arista Records UK was essentially a rock label. Um, you know, they, they didn't really have people within the company representing and looking after, the, 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 you know, the, the R&B acts. And that was gotcha. something I wanted to do on their behalf. Um, they were bringing in, at the time I went to see them, they were bringing in a lot of independent people to look after certain artists. Um, and I said, well, why don't you let, you know, I've, I've come from this background of this music. I understand this music. I know who the audience are, the clubs, the radio. I know all the, all the various aspects of um of who you know where to take the, these records to you know could you t- you know may i represent you in, in, in that area and mm-hmm. they said well you know we'll give you a, we'll give you a chance the first record i actually worked for them was whitney houston i want to dance with somebody who loves me. oh my god and wow in 1987 and that record in the uk was number one for five weeks i mean to be mm-hmm. fair, i can't say because you know she'd already established herself with the album yeah. before, you know, was saving all my love for you and those great ballads. Right. Uh, so this was her, the first single from her second album. But what did me the favor was the fact that you know it was number one for five weeks, and they were all looking at me going, "Wow, you know, <laughs> fantastic." So they then left <laughs> that department to me, which was basically looking after a lot of the um, you know the American R and B acts, you know, like Kashif gotcha. and um, as I said, Patrice Russian and Jermaine Jackson. Mm-hmm. They, they had a great roster at the time. So that's that's wow. that's what I did. I, I represented those American artists with their, you know, with their UK releases. That's what I did. Mm. Ah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Now you know, William, I can take over on this conversation. So if, you know, please oh, interrupt. Uh, oh yeah, so if yeah you well, have a I, I, I know you can because <laughs> I got about I got about twenty. But go ahead. <laughs> No, well, I have um, I have some uh, some relationships with uh, with some of the um, the management team of some of those artists, and I uh, and and I, I think off air I asked you a couple of the questions, but um, but yeah, I mean that that's a, a fantastic time period um, that that you were able to to uh, to work with those those artists and, and represent the label on that. Um, but I, I I guess a question that I would have. Would be what? What were some of the challenges challenges that you faced? Uh, I know Whitney's record was it just went and was a, a smash hit anyway, but in terms of trying to push other other acts and trying to uh, to I guess 
um, break down some obstacles and, and, and make some inroads. Yes, you had your connections. Um, but what, what were some of the, the obstacles or, ch- or challenges that you might have faced while you were trying to represent them over in the UK? I mean, there were a number. I mean, the first one I would say is in order for these records to work beyond Whitney Houston, you needed a team effort from the various departments, um, be it the press media department, be it, you know, the radio, TV, be it the distribution, being, you know, there's all these different elements that go into making a record successful. You need a whole team behind you to make anything work. And and the the main frustration for me was sometimes I did not get that full team support. And you'd Mm. find that, Mm. you know, one department would blame the other. You'd go to the radio department, they say, well, get us some great press and we can roll with the radio. And you go to the, to the press, and they say, well, if we can get some radio play on these records, we can get some press. <laughs> so it's all those frustrations of, of dealing with, mm. with, with, the, um, with the various departments. And I come back to the fact that, that the, the record company's heart in the UK was, was, was not R&B. They're, they're a rock mm-hmm. label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, and so a lot of the time their, their heart wasn't in it. So I was battling against that. And the other thing... Um, it's purely financial in terms of working um, American artists in the UK. And that is, if an artist is, if an American artist is successful in the UK, the money goes back to America because like you break, you know, Whitney Houston breaks in the UK and uh, Aretha has a hit. Um, She had the hit with George Michael when I I was Mm -hmm. there. Um, Mm. The money goes back to, the money goes back to America. And that's not what, they or any other major company in the, in the UK want to focus on. They don't want to focus on overseas right. acts where they're going to have to send the finances back to America. So what Arista wanted was to mm-hmm. sign UK artists that they can then break around the world and have all the money coming back to them. So so one of the most frustrations mm-hmm. of the team and the other was the, the financial aspect of where exactly, you know, why should we go out of our way to push these American acts? Right. Gotcha. And, and additional to that was, well, I was also, obviously I was trying to find UK talent um, but, you know, UK talent within this genre has never really matched, you know, the artists that come out of America. And it's been, it's been hard. And I tried, you know, I've worked with a couple of acts um, from, from the UK, but they've never had the same impact within my musical area of interest mm-hmm. uh, as the American acts, with one exception, actually, with one exception. And that was with, I'm sure you know who she is, mm-hmm. Lisa Stansfield. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> because Lisa Stanfield, she was, um, she was um, part of a group when I was at Arista called Blue Zone. Uh, she wasn't a fe- she was a featured singer, but she she you know she it, she was part of a group. And Blue Zone at the time, they were trying to copy another UK act called Swing Out Sister. We used the same producers, yes. songwriters, love work. Swing Out and Sister. Really, really seen, but but Swing Out Sister really had the edge on them. You know, with those mm-hmm. Steve Aoki mm-hmm. productions. But then one day. Um, so, you know, I got to know them, and the guys themselves um, came up with this song called uh, called Big Thing, and that caused a great deal of excitement on our scene. But the trouble was, mm-hmm. Arista weren't even, they really didn't want to support it because they'd spent all this money on Steve O'Duffy, on the production, on the video. They didn't want to be sidetracked by something that the artists had generated off their own steam in their own studio. Hmm. Um, so it, it kind of got overlooked, but to this day, out of all those Blue Zone records of the period, that song is called hmm. "Big Thing." It's still by Blue Zone, but that one song they did in their own studio at home separates. Hmm. It, it's the one thing that's best for us today. That's it. Yeah, that's wow. interesting. That's just yeah. a side story. Yeah, yeah that's it's, it's yeah. good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some of your questions. <laughs> 
Yep, that's that's well, perfect. Well, thirty-two yeah. years of your label. I'm like, there's got to be all kinds of stories. So, so let me ask you this. So you started. You it sounds like you partnered. You said with two people, maybe two or three other people for expansion when you started. There was two, there was two other people. Uh, expansion started in the northwest of England. There was there was there was um, one guy who was a DJ, mm-hmm. uh, and there was another guy who who ran a, a mail order company, and he would travel a lot to the states buying up um rare records um okay. and they would they would go they would go to the to these artists and they would they would license their music from america and then release it on expansion in the uk except they didn't really have a vehicle beyond very limited distribution to to take it any further which is why i came on board as a, as a freelancer first of all i mean they i i was really the third person to join the label um, gotcha. and, and I was doing lots of other things when I first started as well. Um, mm-hmm. and it was only really two years later that one of the partners withdrew and then myself mm-hmm. and Richard Serling, um, have, have kind of stayed together running the label and also doing other things right through to this very day. Gotcha. Wow. So, so this is the deal. I, I know that, um, you know, you and I met through, I think it was a combination of Kendall Duffy and um, Steve Ripley. And, you know, I'm always curious, and I, I, I know that artists are always, they want to know, so what does, a, you know, these the independent, the few, you know, independent labels that are, you know, still thriving, you know, how do I get hooked up? How do I get hooked up? How do I, you know, how do I, and so not to give away, I don't want you to give away secrets or anything, but I'm just curious to know when you're thinking about artists and thinking about, you know, your label and, you know, the, the mission and goals of expansion records, what type of artists are you guys looking at? And, and, you know, what for you is usually like, huh, you know, this is an artist I want to, you know, dig into. Is it just based on what you like or is there something more or? Um, I mean, the, the company has changed so much uh, over the years in, in the way we do things and have to do things. But at the core of it is the, the love of the music that, you know, the Richard and I love. So first mm-hmm. things first, it's kind of do, do we love this music? Beyond mm-hmm. that, it doesn't matter whether it's a new artist, a veteran artist, whether, you know, it's a new recording, an old recording. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter so like so long integral thing you know in terms of it is that do we do we like do we like this record yes or no and then if we do we find the best way we can to make it work and, and those ways have changed quite considerably over the years because expansion started off as a um a 12, as a 12 inch single label that's that's what we did um until the point you know the, the market just got flooded with 12 inch singles and the you know, some of the big chain stores that were, were taking you know healthy quantities of, of, of each release those kind of chain stores went went you know out of business and the, the whole business shrunk down and by the way we, you know we started before even the cd was a you know an official format um <laughs> right. and that in a way right. was was an absolute blessing because we were able to go and you know re- release not only new music but go back through because we, we work a lot with all the, the other majors as well you know we, we can go to mm-hmm. sony we can go to universal and warners and identify music that our audience would, would, would listen to hear. And then you know, at the time, we were putting a lot of that music on CD for the first time, making it available in the UK for the first time. So the label is a combination of going back through the vaults and, and you know, finding music from the past that people, people still wanted to be able to purchase, combined with 
um, you know, new artists were coming along that were making new music that we that, that we that we really liked. I mean, one of the reasons expansion started in the first place was because the music that, we, that Richard and I grew up listening to that was on those big labels, like your Warners and Columbia, Epics, those mm-hmm. big label, Electra Records, that kind of music. Take an artist like Leon Ware, you know, who'd been on, who'd been on mm-hmm. um, Electra just previously. Or there's another artist, Gary Taylor, who'd been on A&M, who'd been on Virgin. Suddenly mm-hmm. there's these artists who'd been with these big labels they were let they, the labels were letting them go. They, 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 were, they weren't yeah. able to you know, carry on releasing their music. Um, but more often, in, in a lot of cases, artists like Gary and, and Leon Ware were able to make their own music themselves, but they didn't mm-hmm. have an outlet for it. Right. So we were lucky. We could work with these artists facilitating the release of their records. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, then, further on down the line, I mean, we had, a, I think, a, a major um, change was when CD Baby came along for us because <laughs> right, I think right. a lot yeah. of artists looked at CD, CD Baby and went, well, hold on a minute. Why do we need expansion to put our records out? We can press the records out ourselves and yeah. just give them the CD Baby. Let them do it that way. Put them out on their own label, have CD Baby do all the marketing, all that. It became an alternative way of, of doing it. And then it was down to an artist whether they figured out whether the CD Baby route, for example, was more advantageous than... Than, than say I doing it and, and the infrastructure that expansion has built. So that was that mm. was that, that 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 was a milestone and a changing point. Then another, of course, was with digital because there was no digital up to really. I can't think exactly when it started, but maybe ten years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So then we had to redefine ourselves again with dealing with yeah. with digital and along with that, by the way, all the file sharing that came along with the fact that you know you, you could buy a machine. That whereby you could take somebody's music and copy it identically and, mm-hmm. and just give that music away. And yeah. that, that causes all sorts of problems. I mean, we still haven't fully recovered from that, right. I think. Yeah. The ease in which people can say... And I, I work, I work with, with, with artists, you know, I, there was... A, I, I won't mention his name, but he's a huge, huge star who I was working mm-hmm. with. And we were driving in my car. Uh, we were going mm-hmm. to a gig and we, we, we were talking about artists that each of us loved. Um, and he was moaning about, you know, how he wished he could sell more records. And then the next breath, he would say to me, oh, you haven't heard of this artist. When I get back, I'll burn, your, I'll burn their CD for you. <laughs> and I said, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there and have a, have a listen to what you've just said. Thank you. You know, now right. you get right. our artists. Right. That wasn't right. there when we first started. These are all the challenges that have come along. Yeah. Mm. No, it's so funny you say that because I tell artists all the time, look at your own habits. Look at your own, the own way that you, you know, access music and listen. Because I'll have artists who are, you know, independent. And and like you said, with CD Baby, you know, they're just signing up and they're not creating any kind of momentum or lead up or buzz or anything to introducing, you know, their music and they're just dropping it. And then they're like, well, people aren't buying it or people aren't. And I'm like, think about your own habits. Would you, would you just, you know, if you saw some random name that, you know, you've never heard of this person or nothing, you're just going to go buy it? You know, you don't do that. I don't do that. You know, right, nobody right. does that. So, you know, think about how you access music. So, yeah, you know, even at the level that you just mentioned, it's just, you know, we just, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess. So, let me... Oh, go, go I'm ahead. saying it's so go, important. Go Going back to your original question, is we have to, you know, we we start from we want to love the music. You know, we 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 need to love what we put out, 
and then we deal as best as we can with all the challenges around it. Um, I'll just tell you what, I mean, there's so many things to tell you. I'll tell you one quote from our distributor. Um, I went, mm-hmm. to, went to see them and uh, I said, look, what can we do to sell more records? And their answer was, put out different kinds of records. And, mm-hmm. and that was the kind of start of, in a way, that the label being told what to do by your yeah. distributor. Or, or, and another element has been people's consumer habits and the fact that songs are even written now whereby, you know, the, the chorus has to kick in within the first 40 seconds or else people will flip <laughs> right. to the next right. track. Right. All, all these right. different habits that have come along in recent times have totally changed the landscape. Um, but, yeah. but we, you know, we haven't changed in terms of the music ethic. We stay exactly where we've always been. And I think that's worked to our advantage. I think that's why we're still here, because there's still people, you know, in the UK and to a degree internationally who look at our label and they know what they're getting musically and they're looking for our next release. And that's why I think people want to be on our label, because they think, they, you know, they want to be part of that. They want to be a part of that. And that's, that's been a blessing to us. Yeah, I think yeah. you just pretty much answered the question I was going to ask you, but I was going to just to say the lead up to that was uh, given that artists can now release their own stuff and then there's a lot of digital uh, options to put out music and you don't have to have a physical copy anymore. Um, it, it, it sort of, it's, it, people thought that labels were going to be obsolete because of that. And I think you, you just answered that question that the, the label, the function of a label is, is to be that place to curate uh, good artists who who really have have a unique sound and, and a, a sound that that's re- refined because the the label um, execs know, know that the, well you all not the larger labels a lot of them are just you know pencil pushing pencils but you all actually take the time to listen to the music and and promote um, the music in different different ways and I think the marketing angle is the important thing and I, I would I would just uh, say um, what what do you think is the, your unique approach. I guess to uh, to to marketing um, your artists on on your label. Yeah, we we know that you can find those good artists, um, but how how would you how would you say that you're you're doing a, a, a unique way of of, of marketing them and, and bringing them to the to the, the listeners? Um, I think because the audience know who we are, so they okay. look for what we're putting out, which is, is a good you know starting point, mm-hmm. and then from there. We know where to go to, to to sell it. I mean, yes, you can put, you know, um, the albums available for sale on Amazon. And, you know, there's this, obviously anyone can put their own album on Amazon. But beyond right. that, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's getting the music to, to key radio stations, key magazines, uh, key, you know, whole in, there's a, an array of independent record stores that wouldn't ordinarily, you know, take something unless they knew, for example, it was on my label. Um because there is an advantage in us having a big catalogue as well. I mean, if you're an independent label starting out, you just put your, your, your single out, your, your, your record out. People, you know, stores, record stores, chains, may not necessarily want to open an account with an artist just to be able to right. purchase their one album. Whereas right. if you're on my label, because we, we have, we're releasing music all the time, we, we, we have orders all the time. So whereas maybe someone won't have ordered, say, you know, your new album, because... They're ordering, you know, three other titles. They'll take one of yours at the same time. I mean, it's a minor thing, but it's all these little things that help. There's not one big answer to your question. Good, good. It's yeah. the combination of 
a little bit here, a little bit here, push there. It's a whole array of things that you, you know that, that add up to to right. to a value. I'm hearing a theme, Kenya. Relationships. Uh oh. <laughs> oh my God! I hear two themes. You know, relationships. <laughs> And quality music. And I, you know, I keep trying to, and we keep trying to urge the people, your first concern needs to be that you have a quality song, a quality product. Like, you know, yes, you can be beautiful. Yes, you can have lots of followers on social media. Yes, you can, you know, know this really top, you know, makeup artist. I mean, for women, I know they get all into that. But, you know, but what about your music? And, you know, I would just say what I learned in working with expansion records and I, you know, I've really been, I'm just so grateful because now everything that you're explaining, Ralph, it now makes sense. I'm like, Oh, that's why, you know, (laughs) that's why people really kind of cut on, you know, to my album or what have you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of, like you said, the relationships, the loyalty of, of your listenership and so forth. Um, And, and one thing that I, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts about I I know when I started first uh, when you guys when we decided to work with each other one of the biggest things that uh, Kendall Duffy had said to me he was like this is just the beginning Kenya and you still have to really work you know you can't expect you know just because we're you're linked in with expansion records that doesn't mean now you go take a chill pill and you know oh well do 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 it for me expansion you know but in fact still as an artist you know you still need to be doing you know your branding and and you know your own sense of marketing and and so forth and i think that combination of me kind of trying to you know work on my brand here stateside and you know and even international or what have you you know complement it it just further hopefully enhance things and i think artists sometimes think once you know in this day and age if i just have a label i'm done but that's to me not the case and i just wanted to hear your thoughts no, it's not it, it was the case and i remember those mm-hmm. days where you know you were signed to um a label and you you know you had a manager who'd run around for you you know you, you may be signed on for you know almost like employed by the label where they spent mm-hmm. money doing everything for you um, they, they claimed it all back in the end, of course. That's why some artists never got anything else you know, that's still recouping those 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 big spending sprees that the majors right. used to have. But these days, you have to do so much um, more yourself. And all those things you said yes to, yes, you know, we, you know, I've got a great image, and you, you do need you do need all those things. You have to think beyond right. how great the product is. I mean, yes, you need an important piece of product, but you need to think beyond that. Well, what I've got the product. Now what do I need to do? You know, and it's all about creating opportunities for yourself beyond how good the record is, really. Um, but, right. you know, that's, that has become that has been, and you have to do it. You can't just sit back and let other people do it for you. You, ha- you have to, you know, you just have to do more, more yourself. I mean, first thing you have to do is, is be aware this is a business. You know, it's lovely making the music, but to, you know, <laughs> you really have to get a, get an understanding of how it all works. I mean, knowing the whole business affairs side of things, I'd say, is absolutely cru- crucial. You know, understanding the, you know the mechanics of how it all works, um, and also. Oh. Thank God not you just said that. Anybody, I feel you know, like I'm being... always saying that you got to know the mechanics. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's. it's, it's... I mean, as, as well, it's like, you know, be a nice person. You can't afford to upset people and be too deaverish. It's great to have a personality, but 
Um, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it can't be awkward. You, <laughs> it's probably a, sac- a completely separate thing to mention me. It just came to mind. But no, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, I, I, we say this all the time is that, you know, this is a business and, you know, and with that, you know, you are in, in fact selling yourself. And so who's wanting to tap into you? Yeah. If you're mean or if you're hard to, you know, talk to, and, and I'm talking about in terms of the business, I'm not talking in terms of your fans or whatever. I mean, you know, however you want to be with your fans is one way, but when we're talking about the business relationships and working with, you know, labels and working with music execs and radio promoters and, you know, all of that, you know, you don't treat them because, well, I'm sleepy. I mean, you know, wake up, like, you know, you gotta like get it together because these, these are the people that are really, you know, responsible for, for helping move your, your, your project and your music forward. And so if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you're not in good cahoots, you know, it's going to be, they're not going to want to work with you, period. So yeah, no, I totally agree. And I want to, um, just before we, we get close to our our end here, um, I want to, uh, I guess to share some, some ideas on how other up and coming artists may, reach out to labels such as yours. You don't have to give, uh, you know, direct details, but, um, just in general, how, how would up and coming artists sort of get in, in, uh, in the, the earshot of, of, um, people like you and, and other. I'd say it's, a, it's about building connections, get right. to know people. But the, the worst thing is to just, you know, burn a CD and put it in an envelope with a covering letter to a record label going, oh, I've got an album, will you sign me? It's, it's absolutely impossible to get anywhere that way. Um, it's about getting to know people. So I think from the start with my, how I got to work for a record label, I became right. a journalist, and then through that I opened doors so I could speak to record labels. So it's finding a way to get to know people who can do things for you. It's creating as much awareness around yourself as possible i mean you mentioned at the top of the show about you know do a youtube channel i mean that is absolutely right you know do the youtube channel get out there you know do blogs i mean just do as much as you can because that's one thing that didn't exist when i first started out Mm -hmm. was was social media and it's absolutely crucial now to be Mm -hmm. on there and for for constantly updating with new things and and even it's not you know no one's gonna be able to put a new song up every single day but even if it's just you talking or just, just something building content, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and just being as prolific online as you can, not just YouTube, just, you know, find out all the other platforms that, that mm-hmm. there are and, and, and have, you know, like your Instagrams and Twitters and Bandcamps. And there's so many platforms where you can have a profile, explore all those platforms, be on them and just be as, you know, a prolific on all of those <laughs> as you can and, and get noticed. Right. That's it. Right. Yep. You, you never know what opportunity wow. is going to come from. Yep. You just never know. Right. I'm so glad you're saying this and, you know, that it's not just coming out of our mouths, but, <laughs> you know, we're talking all the way international. So, you know, this is not just something I think people, you know, musicians and upcoming artists really have to think, and it's not to have a pun here, but, you know, need to expand they need to be more expansive in in how they're thinking about (laughs) which expansion is a great name for your label but you know you do you have to be more expansive in thinking about how you know you need to approach this and i was just saying to will that in this day and age it's very easy for people to tune 
tune you kind of out because there's so much out there. So you do have to, you know, build and build and stand out and make some, you know, really find your sweet spot, find what makes you unique in you um, so that you, you know, you don't need every, the recognition from everybody, but you, you, you know, you want some people to tune in and, and, you know, that adds to that. So Beautiful. beautiful. Ah, we could go on and on, Will. Oh, I, already, I, I, know, got, I, have yeah, I got a whole bunch of other know, questions that I could ask, but yeah, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're about we're done. We're on our time. <laughs> Can I ask one last question? Um, just, and I don't know, I don't know how quickly you can even, you know, answer this, um, Ralph, but what do you, what is, what are your kind of core thoughts about the current music industry? Like, I mean, are you like thumbs up, thumbs down, lukewarm? What's your thoughts? Um, well, First of all, I'm going to tell you I'm a Libran, so I kind of see both <laughs> arguments that these are both good times and not so good. Me, and I me understand too, man. Them both. I mean, <laughs> the optimism in me says, you know, as I was simple, there was no social media before. Um, this is the main thing right. uh, that allows artists to be seen and heard in a way they never could before, you know, outside of their bedrooms and cassette tapes they play people or send people in the mail. Social media, people can now hear your music on, on, online. Um, you know, the digital world, you have to work a lot harder for less money, but it's, it, you know, there are platforms there where you can put your music, you know, um, again, to be heard, to be monetized. It's not in the old, it's not as much as it was before, um, but you were able to do things. It's, it's, it's a facility that was there that was not, not there before. But in terms of, you know, the money you could, the, the money that was made in the days when I first started doing what I do is is is, is not what it is now. It's you know it's, it's a fraction of what it is now uh, because mm-hmm. I think you know I remember in, in, when I first started, me like a lot of people, we were going to record shops you know at the weekend and it was, it was, every week mm-hmm. we'd go and buy records. What we did is what people mm-hmm. did. Whereas now mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of been lost and people. You know, if they want to hear a record, they don't need to go and buy it. They can go and look it up on YouTube and just listen to it. You know. And, Right. So, so, so the, the revenue is, is not around in the same way. There's still revenue. There's still money to be made, but it's not being made in the same way. It's, it, people have to think differently about how they're going to make money out of what they do in this business. That's, that's kind of how I'd answer that. Mm. Yep. Excellent. So, well, as creative. usual, we keep saying with our interviewees, we need part two, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying uh, that's the sec- second his comments, you know, it's got to be, creative and how you how you make money in the music business that's like the the reason why we have this podcast is to help show people how to make money on in different ways and uh because the industry has changed completely and uh you have to be a survivor so yeah exactly exactly and i do that just to just to let you know i i do that through through multitasking i mean i just i don't just have the label putting records out we also do events you know, I so I also do you know freelance work. I'm a consultant. You know, I'm a, yep. a DJ, a write still. <laughs> you know, I still have to do a lot of other things in order to allow that allows me to do the label in the way that I want to do it. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. That was a perfect ending statement because that's what we keep telling everybody. You know, diversify and think of the different 
gifts you have and, and use them in different ways so that so that you can do what you really want to do and, and you know so it can support the maybe that core thing that you believe in so well thank you Ralph so much yeah, thank for this. You, really. this has been fantastic yep. um, if you could just give us the name of the, the the name of the website what's the the, the, the website link for expansion so that people can look you up um, it's www.expansionrecords.com perfect easy go to that site and uh, see all the wonderful music they have um, under their label um, you may see somebody that you've heard of before right? named Kenya <laughs> but anyway but yeah yeah check it out check it out all right Will perfect well thank you Ralph again and uh, we look forward to, to hope, having you back hopefully soon <laughs> thank you it's been a pleasure Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith.com at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.